0: Lord, just uh, move me out of the way, and, and man, man, I just pray that your word is exposed today. Love you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. I'm already crying. Uh, you guys scare me. You, you really do. Uh, I grew up in a country church with 15 people. We didn't have a youth group, and when those doors closed down, uh, I joined a uh, church in town in Warrensburg. And uh, just started serving in the youth at 18. Uh, I've done that for the the last 18 years, uh, and uh, so so adults and me don't really get along well. Uh, mentally, I'm the same age as our youth students, so uh, we're going to try our best. Uh, but yeah, good morning. I am Brett Kessinger, uh, and, and man, praise the Lord for our new facilities manager, Brian Robinson. Uh, that's uh, allowed me to, to focus a little more on ministry and uh, but with that, man, praise the Lord for all of our leaders, teachers, and volunteers because uh, there's two things I know for certain in this uh, world and and one is the Bible is the very words of God, and the second is my flesh really sucks at being a pastor um, Do you just agree with that, dude? <laughs> You're supposed to encourage me. You nodded your head. He's right though. Uh, I'm more of a physical work type of guy. Uh, I, 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 I'm really bad uh, at communication uh, and since I got ordained four years ago ago, I'm right now working on my fourth title uh, being worst Communicator here on staff. Uh, so I'm hoping to get that by the end of the year and Alan gives that to me again. Uh, essentially, I'm the Detroit Lions of Harvest Baptist Church, and, uh, and there's a good chance. Uh, Ron has set up the odds that there's a two-in-one chance that I'll get fired after this sermon. <laughs> Somehow made it through the first one, but uh, but you know it, you can get with Brandon. You can get Brett Bingo if you want to. They'll have spots on there like, Brett says something false. Check it. Uh, Brett will misspeak. Check it. Brett has typos. There's already at least two in the handout that I know of. Like, I'm saying I'm preaching through Genesis 13, uh, 1 through 14. We're going to verse 15. Why did I stop at 14? But Hebrews 13:14 completely copy and pasted the wrong thing. It's in your handout. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, There's a good chance on Brett Bingo, there'll be Alan has to apologize for Brett next week. So if you don't complete Bingo this week, you might be able to fill in that blank next week. Again, there is, Brett gets fired, and then we all know there's the free space right in the middle. Brett will cry. Uh, and so you can <laughs> fill that one in right now. Uh, but despite being scared, despite crying, and it's like, why do, why, why do we do this twice? Why can't we have one service? I, I cried. Why I got to do it again? Uh, but whatever. We're going to full send. Full send today because today is Promotion Sunday. It's an important Sunday. Our children are moving to the next grade. Uh, there may have been many detours, but man, we stand behind our children. Uh, we say they have what it takes for the next step in their life. Uh, and that's a big announcement. So, as Alan said, our sixth graders right now are in here with us uh, to join us in this very wor- room to worship. And they're going to promote that God is worthy. Uh, man, they're in here to pray with us and promote that God is our strength. They're, they're here to study the word with us and promote its truth and they're going to f- fellowship with us and promote the body of Christ because they're an important part of the body. Uh, but so for today, this isn't just about the students promoting. Uh, I feel like I don't do theses, but since I'm in Alan's pulpit, uh, the thesis today is just simply, man, we must promote the Lord. And so that that's what I pray we do today. Uh, don't mind me. I just got to get comfortable. Uh, but... Uh, I wish I could say, I promote the Lord 100% of the time. Uh, but like I said, I, I suck at a lot of things, and that's another one of them. Uh, and, 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 man, and and so Genesis 13, it, it's honestly, it's for me uh, as much as it is for anyone else in this room. So let's uh, just open up our, our Bibles to Genesis 13, and let's start reading in verse 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel and unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Between Bethel and high unto the place of the author, which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So exactly how did we get here? Context is king, and so we're going to go all the way back. We don't really know how much time passed from creation to when Adam and Eve fell, but we do know that from the fall to the flood it was 1,656 years, and God hit the reset button, and we kind of started over. But with that, it only took about 100 years for the Tower of Babel to start to get built, and men were trying to become their own gods, and God had to put a stop to that. So He confounded the, the languages, had them speak in all types of different languages, and had them scatter all over the earth. And then that that lasted for about three hundred years, until we come to Abram, and we all know Abram would uh, by uh, Genesis seventeen gets changes his name to Abraham. But, but at this point, it's been 427 years post the flood. It's been 2,083 years since the fall. And we find ourselves with God and Abram and a promise. And that's where this sermon and where we'll start today. We just simply start at a promise. And so to get to that promise, we've got to go one chapter sooner into chapter 12. But before we do that, we're going to see point number one for today. You may not fully understand God's individual plan for you, but you can always rest in his promises, can rest in his word. There's a lot of things that are guaranteed for us. And here's what was guaranteed for Abram in in verse one of chapter 12. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great, and I shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And thee shall the families of the earth be blessed. So Abe leaves. He does as God told. But he brings one family member that he shouldn't have brought, and that was Lot, his nephew. Many say that Alan should have never brought his son-in-law on staff. And I would not disagree with that. But here we are, near Bethel, the home of the Lord, the house of the Lord. And so things are great. We're mostly following the command. I mean, we- unfortunately, though... And that kind of causes a detour. And and just like many Christians do today, we hit a rough spot and we leave. So Abram and Lot, they leave. They leave the house of God and they come over to Egypt. They come to the world. Uh, And here, we've already made one bad decision, might as well make another. Abram tells Pharaoh, his wife, Sarai, later to be known as as Sarah, was only his sister. But we got a problem because Sarah is smoking hot and the Pharaoh wants her to be his little boo. And, and, And so, so Pharaoh's trying to get, you know, trying to make some moves. But God has to make a move first, right? God sends plagues onto Egypt. Uh, the Pharaoh finds out that Abraham was lying to him. And man, justifiably so, he's kind of mad. So he gives Abe the boot. And so Abe and Lot return back to the house of the Lord. You don't have to raise your hand, but my life feels like this a lot. Man, I just started discipleship. Uh, I, I, I maybe I, I just finished Blueprint. Man, the word of God is just changing me. I finish X, Y, or Z. But there's a famine. And that causes me to make some poor decisions. But I'm back. You know, there may be protests. There may be politics. There may be a pandemic. There may be Putin. There may be some pregnancy Debates, there may be so much pain, unnecessary pain, and death in this world that I need to be at the house of the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. So many practices. (laughs) And that was the best one yet. So man, we get scorched by the sun, we get choked out by weeds. We get eaten by birds. And we become Ephesians Christians that leave their first love, the Word of God. But you know what's more powerful than your mistakes? The Lord. His providence, as Alan would say, God's eyes have providence. So this is point number two. Providence has paved the way through the famine. Abram and Lot are back on the Lord's plan. That's the important thing. They're with the Lord now. They're here. The past is the past. And like the prodigal son, let's promote the Lord's plan. Let's throw a party. And so that's what we're going to do. But not really, because that's not how the story ends for Abe and Lot. Contention begins in verse five. It says, and Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great. So that they could not dwell together as best I could find. This is this is the first mention of just like wealth, like generational wealth. There's a lot of things in the Bible. Man, Pharaoh had a lot of things. Pharaoh gave Lot and Abram a lot of things as he kicked him out. But, but man, Lot and Abram were wealthy. And so it's cool to see this, this key part of, of learning about generational wealth and seeing the contrast of these two hearts. So on one hand, we have Abram. And he lived out this simple truth of how we treat pro- property. Proverbs 10 22, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he added no sorrow with it. No sorrow. But future actions would show us kind of the heart of Lot. He was a little more like First Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So this brings us to point number three. Property will either turn your eyes to the Lord's blessings or pierce us blind. It again goes back to what are we promoting? Are we promoting the substance or the creator that gave us that substance? Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Man, substance. Grounded in faith, substance. In what? The confidence of the things of the Lord. Substance is found in his promises, in his word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All of it. All of it. Do you believe that, Christian? Do you promote that, Christian? Abe has a faith in the covenant, the very words of God. He understands that promise, so he makes a generous offer to Lot. In verse 8 it says, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. It is not the whole land before thee. Man, there's a lot of land here. Separate thyself. I pray thee from me. If thou will take the left hand, then I will go right. And if thou take the right hand, I will go left. Man, Abraham had faith. So he knew he was in a win-win situation. He was in the safest place someone could be, God's will. He used wisdom like a mother. She has two kids that need a piece of cake, but only one piece of cake. One kid cuts it, the other kid picks. It's a win-win. Everyone's a part of the process. And why do we do this? Romans fourteen thirteen. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. So Abram lived out his faith. He knew the outcome. Romans 14, 7, For none of us liveth to himself. This isn't mine. And no man dieth to himself. So Lot chooses his portion of land. It says in verse 10, and, and Lot's eyes lifted up. He lifted up his eyes. He didn't pray about it. He didn't ask counsel about it. He made a decision purely based off of sight, the lust of the flesh. And I'll be honest, I like making decisions in the flesh. Like right now, I'm just going to leave because I'm tired of preaching. (laughs) (laughs) And beheld all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere. I think we're in the suburbs. This is like a natural water sprinkler system. They had it made. They probably had three-car garages for every house. Or probably four-car, five-car. Who cares? They didn't even have cars, but they had garages. That is was weird. It goes on to say, Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, thou hast cometh unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed himself, journeyed east. And they separated themselves from one from another. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. So he takes his tent and he preaches it or pitches it towards Sodom. Now Sodom, it says in verse thirteen, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. That's a good fact to know. We're in America. We really love our facts. And Sodom is wicked, filled with sinners. Here's another fact for you. Ephesians 2.2. 2, Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and spirit the spirit that now worth it in the children of disobedience. So the world has flung facts all over the place. Sodom's no different. Lots of people use Facts. One of the people who loves facts the most is Satan himself. He loves to start with facts, and he takes it, and he squeezes it, and he twists it. We love facts, especially in Kansas City, because facts tell us that Patrick Mahomes is awesome. And not just at football. Golf now. But other facts, some people use facts to tell us that Patrick Mahomes is overrated. Same facts, same sport. There's another group of people that loves facts. Politicians. I told you I was getting fired. (laughs) Republicans are not dumb people. They use facts. Democrats are not dumb people. They use facts. Both have great ideas. Both have bad ideas. But the great prophet Ice-T once told me that left wing, right wing, same bird. And we know that bird is the prince of the air. So how does a Christian use Sodom? Psalm 75, 6 through 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east or nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He put us down one and set it up another. God is in control. And what does he do with us? In these worlds, in these sinful cities, in these governments ran by man and the prince of the air, he instructs us to pray for them, to honor them, to submit to them, and to even pay our taxes. What a jerk. Praise the Lord for government. Praise the Lord for politics. Praise the Lord for every Christian that works and is involved in the world. We need their light. But just like with Lot and Abram, it becomes an issue of ownership. Abram understood the assignment. He understood that God holds us in his hand, and Lot did not fully get that. Isaiah forty one, ten and eleven, fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all that were incense against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, they shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians get wrapped up with Sodom. And we spiritually suffer. We leave our first love, and we start to use the same facts that the people of Sodom use. We, for whatever reason, leave the understanding that we have of the truth. I mean, we're actually the conspiracy theorists. We understand that there's a fight for the souls of men. We understand that there is eternity beyond this life. There's a prince of the air and the problem is sin. Christians understand that the only answer there is is the blood of Christ. But it's so easy to fall into man's wisdom and leaving behind godly principles. God's word does not contradict itself. So the Christian should not contradict the word. 2 Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So, our social media accounts, they should promote biblical truths. Our verbal words that come out of our mouths, they should promote biblical truths. Our body language should promote biblical truths. And I can't be lazy. i got to move. My actions should promote biblical truths. So this is point number four. Our position, our position should promote biblical truths. How we place and how we pitch our tent matters. And it should promote biblical truths. Lot did not handle the world properly. In time that we find, we find out that Lot turned his temporary dwelling of a tent, and he built a home in Sodom. He got comfortable In the land. He got comfortable in a land that will not last. Hebrews 13, 14 says, For there have we no continuing city. The city will not continue. But we seek one to come. Heaven is eternal. It was at Sodom where Lot would become a social leader. It was at Sodom that he was willing to sell out his own daughters and just hand them over to the world. It was at Sodom where his wife found substance and was turned to salt. It was at Sodom where his daughters learned the world's understanding and took matters into their own hands sexually. Sod can't be mad at, or Lot can't be mad at their decision. He raised them in Sodom. What do we expect? So this may be promo Sunday for our students, but I need the adults to lead by example. I need the adults to promote Christ. We don't need to be the older generation that looks back at the younger generation as the problem. I mean, How do we get here? Yes, this generation may have a mental health issue. But how did we get here? Maybe it was the chemical warfare of Woodstock. Maybe it was the sexual revolution 50 to 60 years ago. Maybe it was because we stopped promoting God's word at the beginning of the 1900s. Maybe it's because we, as a whole, ushered in the Laodicean church age. This is not just this generation's fault. For every Christian that posts facts and opinions of how our education system should be ran, man, I hope you're willing to educate, train, and disciple the very own students in this church. Because our only real weapon today is a sword. The Word of God. Take my guns, but leave me with the sword. And that's hard for me to say because I really like my guns. I don't even have any ammunition. I haven't fired a single one of them. But six of them come from my father. They're from the Civil War. Two of them come from my father-in-law, and I haven't built them yet. One of them comes from my brother. It's ready to go. I just don't have ammo. And I'm vain. I really like them. I like things. I don't know if you've seen me rolling in my 1998 Mitsubishi Jeep, Japanese Jeep out there. Oh, I love that thing so much. Love it. But we need to flip the script. First Timothy three, seven. Moreover, we must have a good report of them which are without, lest he, he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So don't be consumed by the world, but be concerned for it. As Blockbuster and Pastor Allen would say, let me be kind and rewind. Don't be consumed by the world, but be concerned for the world. Be concerned about having a good report of them which are without. Satan loves it when we do nothing. Satan also loves it when I open my big fat mouth and cause division. So we have to flip the script. I need some of you guys. I need some of you guys to fill holes in the student ministry. Today, there's a hole at 9 a.m. in first grade. There's holes every Wednesday in nursery or Wednesday night stars. There's holes every week in Tuesday's Good News Club where we go to elementary schools during the school year. We hope to start a second school, but we need people. I need help with the youth. We need help for our college and career ministry. We need people that view the Word of God as their absolute authority and are willing to train children. We have to stop being surprised at the stronghold of the world. Sodom is not a surprise. We know. And here's where I'm going to get in trouble again, point number five. If we are not partaking in evangelism and discipleship, then we have practically, not actually, but practically voided our beliefs. That's like me trying to give you guys dietary advice. It'd be like, you big hypocrite. Now, I have given up soda for the last two months. It has done nothing. I think I gained weight. <laughs> but 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And that's our discipleship verse. So we've got to flip the script. Point six, we got to start practicing using love to cover a multitude of sins. Because we've seen this, lust, lots of lust, will lead to a multitude of sins. 1 Corinthians 8, 3. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Be known by our love, not our social media rants. Be known by loving our children, not just arguing about how they should be protect, protected. Charity isn't just a word. It's not just love and word, but it's love and deed, love and action. We must start with Christ. Treat Christ like you treated your wife during your first years of dating. You were obsessed with her. You lost sleep for her. You didn't care. You talked to her on the phone past midnight, and once you hung up, you started texting her till 3 a.m. And yes, you had to wake up at 5 a.m. in order to be at work at 6 a.m. But you loved her. You sacrificed for her. You would tell her, I love you. And she would tell you, I love you more. And you would say, I love you most. And she would say, I love you most. You guys started making up words that's how much you loved each other. (laughs) You changed all your plans to just make sure her needs were met. And that's how we need to treat Christ. Or we could forget about him. We could pitch our tents and and turn to Sodom, and many make that decision. But some understand the word. Some understand the promises. In verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that, Lot was separated from him. Lift now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Abram just gave Lot the land. He just gave it away. And now God responds to him, like Mufasa speaking to Simba in The Lion King on the next slide. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. God wanted to remind Abram that it was his. Even though he was generous enough to give it up, that the land was Lot's. God still said this long land belongs to you, Abram. But again, we have an ownership problem. Here's another point Alan's got to fire me for. The abortion issue we have right now. The world may not view life the way God does. The world may call it a fetus or a clump of cells, while God calls it his child. The man may think it has ownership of that land or of that child, but God says, no, it belongs to me. That child belongs to me. That land belongs to me. That child is safe and in heaven now. Genesis fifty twenty. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it for, unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. It would be great if the if the world viewed life as God did. But I don't expect it to. But man, praise the Lord that God's eyes have providence. And those innocent souls will be forever safe from human hands. I want to look up and see abortions banned. Because there should be no such thing as an unwanted pregnancy. But sin. I want to look up and see no need for firearms, except the hunt. Because there should be no need for self defense or protecting yourself from a government or your own government. But sin. I want to look up and see laws that perfectly fit within scripture. But sin, I want to look up and see that my job as a youth pastor, education pastor, is finished. Because I'll be honest, I want to quit. I don't want to face the challenges ahead. I don't want to have to counsel teenage girls that it's not okay to hunt on your class and then beat down her mother in a driveway here in Blue Springs, Missouri. I don't want to have to counsel the youth in 20 years and tell them, yeah, it's okay to self-identify as a pedophile. I'm lazy. I want the government to do my job for me. I want it to hit the easy button and change a global law instead of trying to use the word of God to change an individual's hearts. Praise the Lord for great laws. Praise the Lord for the ability to vote. Praise the Lord to be an active part of this republic. But Christ called me to the work of the ministry. God did not entrust the Great Commission to the government. He entrusted it to his bride, the church. I've seen too many Christians throw in the towel and just fully trust Sodom. So I'm not quitting. Because I know right now there's 30 volunteers teaching 70 children the Word of God. I'm not quitting because I can look up and I can see Jesse Bowman, Josh Honker, Richard Freeoff, Brian Robinson willing to preach to our youth. I'm not quitting because I see multiple men in this church preaching and filling the pulpit and filling the pulpit of a sister church like Bill Johnson's doing right now. I'm not quitting because I see Sean Kitley teaching discipleship too. I'm not quitting because I see you guys taking Living Faith Bible Institute classes. I'm not quitting because Pastor Allen needs me to protect his time in the word and in prayer. I'm not quitting. Because my biological brother is coming to the church for the first time in 40 years. (laughs) Despite his unknown blood condition. I'm not quitting because I know, because he knows, and I hope everyone in this room knows the power is in the blood of Christ. I'm not quitting on the Great Commission. I'm not going to pitch my tent towards Sodom. I need you guys to hold me to that because I want to. But we can't just not quit. I got to promote. I got to be active. I got to promote that God is worthy of my worship through evangelism. I got to promote that the living word of God is worthy of, of part, or passing on to someone in discipleship. I got to promote my brothers and sisters in Christ. I got to communicate better. I got to promote by working. I got to keep the main thing the main thing. And I pray you see that too because I desperately need your help. I'll be honest with you guys one more time because I was lying to all the things before. No. I miss a major aspect of COVID. I really miss it. Sodom had nothing to offer. Nothing to offer. And while the world had nothing to offer, we failed to deliver hope. We got wrapped up in debates. And I think we've all clearly learned that when one debate ends, another begins. And now we're already too busy again. People need to see. People see. The, the, man, the lost know the world is a crazy place. They know it. They have a God-sized hole in their heart, and it's our job to, man, water that seed. The harvest is plenty, but we need laborers. We need it in student ministry. We need it in adult ministries. We need it in our harvest teams. We need it everywhere here at Harvest and in our communities. We need you guys. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for the struggle of the heart. I pray that the lost turn from Sodom, except that their sinners believe that you died and rose again on the cross and just confess with their mouth and their hearts that you are Lord of their lives. I pray for the saints, that we would just, man, live out Psalms 84-7, that, that we would leave Sodom and that we would go from strength to strength, that we would be... Unified just by your word and nothing else. That we would grow stronger and stronger. I pray what Spurgeon prayed. The youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Fretful spirits sat down and troubled themselves about the future at last. say they we go. We go from affliction to affliction. May we promote you, Lord. Amen. Love you. Bye.